The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, here to take you through our MLB picks for the weekend uh, and analyse what's happened so far uh, since the trade deadline and in MLB this week. Uh, We've got a special guest joining us in a little while. uh, But first off, and I'm not saying he's not special because his mum thinks he's special, uh, from Houston, Texas, it's Munaf Manji. Munaf, you are special, aren't you, son? I I, uh, I would like to think I am, but I won't be as special as our guest that we'll have on later. But uh, yes, yeah, like you mentioned, crazy stuff happened uh, uh, after we recorded on uh, I believe well, on Friday. Uh, we had still some more trades going down, but uh, my head was spinning because I had the NBA draft, and there was all types of oh, sorry, all types of trades happening with MLB. I think this was probably the biggest um, trade deadline in the MLB, as far as I can remember, with just so many names moving around. It, it was crazy. certainly seemed to be the biggest one that I can remember. Obviously, in the five or six years I've been watching, yeah. uh, you might you might get one or two big names, but this was kind of a, a 72-hour, uh, and you really had to, wit, had to keep your wits about it. Even I think the very last thing we said when we recorded on Friday was something mm-hmm. about Berrios going possibly to the Yankees, and within yeah. 10 minutes of us uh, getting... Uh, getting off air then um, he, he'd made a move to, to Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Toronto made some big moves, but I know we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but uh, other than that, everything going good over there with you? Mate, I'm fighting the man flu. I mean, there's not uh, many worse things than the man flu. I know, uh, but I'm soldiering on moon off as us men are uh, prone to do. Gen. You know, I don't, I don't like to complain, but uh, yeah, I've dragged myself out off my deathbed to, uh, to talk baseball with you. There you go. Um, so, uh, we made some picks last week, and I think we kind of did all right. We'll go. We'll go from the bottom down. Um, Will Moorman. Uh, the sort of see it's bizarre world this week because I had a couple of winners, uh, and Will Moorman. Will Moorman had a couple of losers. Uh, he took the Red Sox against the Rays, which went down on Saturday. He took yeah. the Nationals against the Cubs, which went down as well as his dog. Uh, Nick, uh, NC, Nick's luck. He faded Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey's turned into the Dark Knight again. Uh, 18 <laughs> scoreless innings. Uh, but then to the, the main men we'll call ourselves this week, Moonoff, I think we did okay. You uh, you had a, a non-starter as your dog, but a win mm. as your luck. Yeah, uh, for my luck, I'll quickly just go through. I had Chris Bassett on Friday going up against the Angels. And like I had mentioned, we were making the picks. He just had phenomenal numbers against the Angels um, all throughout the season. I believe this was his third start of the season. Uh, He went seven innings, gave up uh, six hits, zero earned runs allowed. And A's won that game 3-0 in what's been a... A, a series where runs have been at a premium for both of these teams. I know they're kicking off here in a little bit um, between these two in the third game, but yeah, I think angels won the game one zero last night. And then Friday with my uh, lock, the A's won three zero. And as far as my dog, um, I'll put a disclaimer out there is that me and Scott uh, did have the same dog, but I wanted to confirm with him before I got to mine is that he's is still going to be counted as a play, I put mine as no bet because as soon as I think we got off, it was yesterday that the Padres put uh, Chris Paddock on the uh, 10-day I.O. with an oblique injury. So uh, mine was voided, but uh, like a, a true man Scott is, he is still backing Austin Gomber here as they're also going to go off here in a little bit. But um, 
yeah, pretty good. One and zero week for me. I know one and zero last week. So hopefully, you know, there's no more pitching changes going on for me as far as my dog. And then I'll get to Scott's here real quick. Uh, Scott, another victory on his lock. He took the Yankees run line minus one and a half with Domingo Armine on the mound. And then his uh, dog is pending right now with the Colorado Rockies first five innings against the Padres. So um, pretty good, big, pretty good week between myself, uh, Scott, and then you, uh, Malcolm. Yeah, did all right. Um, My lock, uh, as you were very keen to point out to me at some point on, uh, was it Saturday night? You said it opened around about minus 240. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I had it even, well, I'm not proud of myself. Uh, you didn't have to be up all night to pick this one, but I knew Alec Manoa was on people's radars, but maybe uh, was actually a bit more on people's radars uh, than I'd thought. Um and I had it round about minus two or three. Uh, even then, still wasn't a fancy, wasn't a fancy price. But what you're going to do? I mean, we could have, uh, we could have parlayed the uh, a couple of the a couple of the locks. Your Chris Bassett lock, actually. I was pleased with your Bassett pick because I wanted Sandoval to go well. So Sandoval came yeah. out with that game with quite a lot of credit. Um, he didn't get shelled, so that worked out quite well. That you got a winning pick uh, in one of our. Pitchers to watch Sandoval uh, went okay. So, yeah, Alec Manoa uh, went seven innings, only allowed two hits. I think George Springer hit two um, bombs that night. Uh, and my dog uh, was definitely a win. You vote on the notes, win or push, because I know we briefly flirted around uh, the idea of taking him on the run line. Uh, sorry, yeah. on the first five, right? Uh, which was Kyle Muller uh, against, was it but Brandon Woodruff, I think, last night? Yeah. Um, sure. It was one one through five, and to be fair, I had the fear because I was I had this game on the radio, and um, the both were pitching really well, um, but then the Braves got in a great position. Um, Ozzy Albies smashed a triple, which landed about a foot short of being a two run homer. Mm. Um, I think Jock Pedersen was tagged out at home, and then they failed to get. Albies, so it could easily be what looked like a three or a four run inning. Um, yeah. They came out without scoring. I thought, oh, come on, something's got to go my way. As it happens, then the Braves stretched the legs for the rest of the game and went on to win eight to one, I think it finished. Yes. Um, so um, Muller went five innings, which is something you'd said he would roundabout do. Uh, four hits, one run allowed. I think he hit, he walked a couple, hit one. Um, but that was a good pick. That was another another one of the money where your mouth is. Um, we picked these pitchers, so we're going to have to we're going to have to tout them when we get a chance. Uh, so yeah, double win for a little while. Like I say, the first one wasn't a hugely fancy price, uh, but that was plus odds on Kyle Muller, the second one. And we did mention as well um, about fading Carlos Carrasco uh, yeah. in his first um, start back off the IL. He's been out for a long time uh, for the Mets on Friday night against the Reds. Uh, the Reds beat them six two. Uh, Carrasco gave it. Gave up a home into the first batter that he faced. Um, and in that same series, actually, just tonight, uh, Vlad Gutierrez has um, just gone final, actually. A really strong innings from him because he's been the one, he's been the dodgy one. He hasn't been uh, covering himself in glory since we since we picked him a couple of weeks ago. But he's gone out tonight. The Reds have, beaten, uh, have won that one 7-1 uh, and Gutierrez has turned in a really strong a strong performance there. Actually, I just before that game started, uh, I'm trying to do my Sunday night uh, waiver, uh, my fab, my fab stuff in a couple of the fantasy leagues, and I ditched G- uh, Gutierrez in one of the leagues, um, and I have since rescinded that. Uh, I've uh, I've given him another week, so he's probably okay. just fooling me with one good start. I'll play him next week. He'll get shelled for 15 runs over two starts or something. Um, so yeah, things uh, things are looking up, starting to come together just a little bit. Um, tally site wise, I've been I was flying all week, Moon. After everything was sixty something percent, sixty four percent, sixty one percent, and then last night I went four and eleven, um, which has dragged me right back. Still fifty four percent, so I'm okay. Forty three and thirty seven, um, but remarkably, of the four that won last night, two of the four with the with the show picks. Um, which was uh, which was quite fortunate, really, because I, I struggled last night, but I did manage to get the two, the two of the four that I picked were the ones that we needed. Um, and yeah, you've uh, you've leapfrogged me as a result of that. Uh, you're you're trundling along fifty nine percent, Moonaf. Yeah, for some reason, uh, I don't know why I'm forgetting to put in my pick. So sorry if you are following me there on our website, but. Um, yeah, it's it's been a, a good week. It's good to rebound after you know having a bad week last week. So um, 
hopefully I can keep chugging it along here. I know we're entering the month of August uh, and we're getting real close to the final months of the regular season here. So hopefully we can, we can all finish strong there on, on our tally side picks. But um, like I've said before, you know, and Will has said this, that I'll put our guys up against anybody in the entire world as far as our MLB picks. Yeah, I agree with you, Moonaf. It's uh, I've definitely turned it around. I've been feeling uh, a lot more <coughs> confident about what I've been picking recently. Um, yeah. So, bits and bobs of news this week then. And uh, Fernando Tatis uh, sliding into third base. Uh, came up uh, holding his uh, elbow, possibly his shoulder. I think it was the, the shoulder that they've claimed it was. Uh, yeah. But looked a lot worse than it is, Moonaf, and he might just get away with the 10 days. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I mean, we've talked about, and I think this is probably a second or third sting on the 10 day IL. Um, it, it could have been a lot worse because I saw it on Twitter where uh, they had announced that Fernando Tatis had left the game with a shoulder issue. Where I was hoping that it was something serious. It looked pretty bad as, as he was going into the third base um, uh, as far as sliding into there. Um, he went past the base and he immediately kind of grabbed his shoulder. So hopefully nothing too serious for him. They've classified it as shoulder inflammation. And then um, it's only 10 days for now. So let's just hope for the best news because like we've talked about over and over again, Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of the most electrifying players in um, in baseball and all the Padres. So uh, hopefully he's back very, very soon here. Um, this next thing, we could just clip whatever we talked about in week one of the podcast and play it for the next 90 seconds because we just say the same thing every week. Uh, Jacob DeGrom shut down for two weeks this time um, for another setback in his return. Um, they've got to do something with him. I mean, yeah. it's it's starting to look a little bit silly now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like you mentioned, we've tweet, it's our weekly Jacob DeGrom update. I think you just shut him down for the entire month of August. I mean... I think there's enough pitching and offense now after this trade deadline for the Mets to be without him uh, for the month of August. So just, just shut him down. Let's hopefully get him right because they, I think they are a legitimate uh, World Series contender in the National League. Uh, and that's a guy you need for sure in your pitching rotation as the best pitcher in your um, in your rotation. My question to you is one question about DeGrom is if, let's say, God forbid, he's not back for the rest of the season. Is he still your NL Cy Young winner? I don't think he can be, can he, Munaf, on what, two thirds of a season? Is it not yeah. even two thirds? Maybe maybe 60 percent of a season? Um Unless, well, someone would have to improve past him unless no one really comes out the pack at Rodon's. Um, there's a lot of the pitches have, have slowed down a little bit. Um, and I think the the season still hasn't really balanced out since the since the break, since the All-Star break. So yeah, I've, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, it's a tricky one. Um, I think someone would have to come out the pack and go past him, but I think that, I do think that's possible as well. I think like Zach Wheeler or uh, Max Scherzer, maybe Walker Buehler. I think those type of guys, maybe one of these guys, Kevin Gossman from the Giants rotation could into that conversation. So definitely something to keep an eye out for that type of market uh, for Jacob DeGrom and at least the National League uh, Cy Young Award. Yeah, we never mentioned the Mets and Javi Baez as well. I think that happened after um, after we'd spoken on Friday. I went out to work uh, yeah. and came back and uh, that, that was a real... Um, eye-opener that one because did you tweet earlier as well that is Javi Baez the most <laughs> overrated player in MLB um, I feel like he is I quite like him you know he's uh, he does do some bad stuff but he's got a little bit about him and he, uh, he made things happen last night for the Mets as well yeah and uh, hopefully you know he's I mean you know like we've said that either if this guy hits the ball it's going out of the ballpark or he's swinging at a pitch that's two or three feet out of the strike zone so you'll get one of the two at least in the first game with the Mets, he's uh, he's hit a two-run home run for them to help their offense. And I think that's uh, of the same thing real quick to mention. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, he hit a home run in back-to-back games for the Yankees. Uh, so it's a kind of a Cubs thing going here. I think Chris Bryant, if he's in the lineup tonight, maybe take a look at taking a prop on him for uh, for hitting a home run. Who knows? They might complete the, the Cubs trifecta. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um- 
Right, this next one made us laugh, Moon off. It was the old uh, <laughs> IBS run, the Tony Larusa running from the knees down as if he was about to shit himself, but he was on his way to the mound um, <laughs> to uh, to argue with somebody. Um, and this tickled you, Moon off, didn't it? Yeah. This was funny because, I mean, uh, I guess for, the, for at least let's get to the story where this, I think this was the second time where Jose Abreu got hit with a pitch and this was a little more dangerous, the second one where he got hit in the head, you know, right in the dome. Um, and, you know, injuries like that can happen, you know, regardless if you have a helmet on or not, because, you know, a, a couple inches one way, a couple inches in the other way, it could have turned out bad for him. But I think you kind of have to acknowledge the way Jose Abreu has handled the way things went down for him in that game because he got hit twice and it wasn't intentional for sure. We saw the Indians pitcher, uh, react immediately like it was a mistake. And he did, obviously, nobody wants that to happen to any player in this league unless there's bad blood between like Javi Baez and Amir Garrett. But this was a complete different situation. Um, and then here comes little Tony, Relusa, uh, Tony La Russa, a 76, 78-year-old man running out like he had ate some bad food, like he's headed for the toilet. Um, and it just really made me upset the way he reacted to the Indians catcher because he was truly concerned about what happened to Jose Abreu. Like I mentioned, it wasn't anything intentional, but for LaRusso to come out running out of the dugout and kind of push him out of the way for something that he was helping a fellow baseball player, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I don't know what your thoughts on that were, but it just kind of made me mad. Yeah, um, I've been trying to mute my, uh, my my man flu, and I think I might have just missed the button one. So apologies <laughs> if I uh, if you heard me cough. Sorry, but uh, that's just a demonstration of how how. Uh how tough it is for me that I'm soldiering on for you. Um, yeah, Abreu's been through the ringer this series. He's uh, He's been getting hit every kind of third plate appearance, it seems. And yeah, it's one of those things where the players look after each other. Yeah. And you've got that thing where the catchers will look after the uh, the home base. So when they get hit and stuff like that, and Larusa, it wasn't a great reaction. Uh, the players could easily have sorted, out, sorted that out by themselves. Um, Joey Votto... Uh, he was so unlucky last night. He'd hit seven dingers in a row, seven dingers in seven games. Uh, he was one short of the record and came up about three inches shy last night. Yeah. It even hit that orange bit of the padding. It wasn't, I mean, it was literally the very top of the wall. I'm not even sure it was three inches. It was closer. Yeah, I mean, for a guy, I think this is kind of Kyle Schwarber-esque. I mean, even better than what Kyle Schwarber was doing earlier in the season. Um, I mean, wow, seven, seven in a row going for eight. I think that was probably the record, right? Uh, if he was, I got that eighth game. It would have tied the record. Yeah. Yeah. And three inches shy. Oh man, that, that would have been something exciting to see. Um, but bottle, a proven batter for the Reds first baseman. I mean, I think he's won MVP, uh, in the national league. So definitely a guy that's still, that can still hit one out of the ballpark and, 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 and at a, a good percentage too. So as much as we, uh, what I love to see it. And I think Joey Botto wanted to see it. He just felt just, just a little bit short. Yeah. Um, there was something happened just tonight, actually, that made me giggle. And I do mm-hmm. like the uh, little bits of silliness. And uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was tied to the bench by the other Toronto Blue Jays. Did you see this? I didn't see this. You need to have a little look. For some reason, uh, Vlad was out the lineup tonight. I think just having a day off, and well, I don't know who he was pestering. Whether he was just getting on, uh, getting on people's nerves, making mischief, um, pestering the manager to get a pinch at appearance. So they just tied him up. Uh, they tied him up. They tied him to the end <laughs> of the bench, and he just sat there uh, with a silly grin on his face. Uh, but that's the kind of that's the kind of content I'm here for. I very much enjoyed that. Um, and I did promise an Olympic baseball uh, update, Moonaf. Now there you go. I told you on Friday that I tried to learn craps this week. I reckon mm-hmm. it is my opinion that the person who invented craps is the person who devised the Olympic baseball tournament because it is <laughs> so confusing. I've tried to have a look. There's a little sort of chart where this happens. If, if you win, this happens, this happens, this happens. Wow. Um, South Korea, who were my pick, and I think you, uh, you, you backed me up on this one. Uh, yeah. They walked off the Dominican Republic today uh, okay. 4-3, which I think, if I've uh, followed this chart correctly, um, puts them into the semi-finals against Israel. Israel beat Mexico, wow. uh, so we've got we should have a nice if all the if all the possible options. South Korea have got a nice semi-final against Israel, uh, and the other semi is Japan USA. Uh, so Korea Korea already have played Israel once in this tournament and okay. walked them off 
maybe wow. 12, 11 or something. It was quite a, quite a high scoring game, I think. Yeah. Um, and South Korea walked them off fun. So if Korea can squeeze past Israel, then at least we'll have a, we'll have a live shot at the final moon. Off. But uh, I haven't managed to see, I've seen a couple of little highlights. I saw the South Korean walk off today, but I haven't been able to find any, any coverage of it, but um, it's been a baffling, a baffling system, but it uh, looks like we've got a, we've got a live squeak anyway. There you go. I, I, I put out an article for sports gambling podcast.com uh, to do a baseball preview. I know when uh, we had Scott on, you guys were discussing it. I had no idea about it. So I dug in a little more throughout the week uh, before the tournament was going to start. And uh, I decided to pick uh, Korea uh, and Japan as my two winners. And uh, hopefully if they meet up in that final game for the gold medal, I may be looking pretty, but um USA has been, I think, surprising to me. And then Israel, we talked about, they were 33-1 to 1 to win this uh, gold yeah. medal. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see if they are able to get past, uh, if they're able to get past uh, South Korea. I mean, yeah, such a short format. Obviously, you talk about a 162-game MLB season, which you need to find out which teams are better than the other teams. And then you're asking six teams to play maybe six, seven, eight games uh, and establish who's the best there. So it's absolutely wide open. Like, um, Totally agree with you. Uh, okay. So as promised, joining us now on the MLB Gambling Podcast is a very special guest. Uh, it's Minty Betts. Minty Betts is Yahoo Sports lead betting reporter and analyst. Uh, she was born and raised in Las Vegas, a world where sports betting is a way of life. She entered the space in 2018 when she joined the media company Wager Talk as a betting host. Since then, she's generated a very large audience on social media by creating both original and relatable betting content. Minty loves sports, flowers, all types of dogs. You can follow her on Twitter at Minty Bets. Minty, good evening. Or is it evening where you are? It's evening where I am. Uh, but good evening. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Yeah, Ooh. we're good, thank you. <laughs> it's funny because Malcolm's across the pond, so it's around, what, 11 p.m. for you over there? It's 10 p.m. now. It's Okay, it's 10 p.m., oh, and it's 4 o'clock for me, and then it's, what, 2 o'clock for you over there, Minty? 2 o'clock for me, still bright and early. Uh, so, yeah, that's crazy. 10 o'clock, I'm like, that's my clock out time there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm winding down, Minty, but it's good. The, the MLB day games... Uh, are good for me on a Sunday night because they sort of start around 6pm uh, so I can get a, I can generally get a full slate in on a Sunday uh, without having to go to bed too late. Good. Um, so, Minty, today, if you don't mind, we were going to pick your brain uh, about baseball betting, um, some other things, the possibility of Vegas getting a baseball team. Um, but you don't have a team in Las Vegas, an MLB team, so do you have a team that you root for? Yeah, so I grew up an Anaheim Angels fan because that's the team my dad liked. So as I developed an interest in sports later in my life, I gravitated towards the Angels. But I, I truly root for currently all the California-based teams, the A's, Padres, Angels, Dodgers. But you'll never see me in Dodgers gear. I'll, I'll wear any other team gear except Dodgers blue. <laughs> I quite like the Angels merch. Um, I'm a bit of a sucker for the merch. So the Angels tend to have, especially some of the retro caps. Um, I play a little bit of baseball over here and some of the boys have their really nice looking uh, retro Angels caps from back in the day. Yes, they're beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. I also like the, the Padres. I mean, they're back to their, their brown and yellow, which at first I didn't like. I, I liked their navy blue, but I actually am, am warming up to it now. Yeah, we didn't mention that uh, that uh, Malcolm also plays a little uh, baseball over across the pond. So if you always listen to our show, he has the weekly updates for us. I don't, I don't think we had anything this week, did we, Malcolm? Today we were away in Sheffield, um, but as previously mentioned, Moonaf, I'm fighting the man flu. Um, yeah. Heroically, can I add, I am heroically fighting man flu. Uh, but Sheffield was too far away for me to go on a Sunday. It's about uh, 150 miles down the road. Uh, so they played a doubleheader today, one, one, lost one, Moonaf. So okay. uh, all okay. things were equal. There okay. you go. Yeah, I think if you would have been there, I've been in a two and no situation, but uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, Minty, I know uh, this is my second podcast with you. I know you were on with the NBA gambling podcast with myself and Dan. And if I do remember correctly, you said you had gotten into sports betting or the sport that you had started with was, was baseball. So do you remember what it was about baseball that got you involved with betting? And if you remember what your first ever baseball bet was, 
Yes. So I got deep into sports betting because I was waiting for football season to come back. Uh, basketball was over. Hockey, hockey was dwindling down and baseball was on every single night. Uh, so I made myself learn about the game and how to bet it. I don't remember what team my first baseball bet was, but I can tell you there was no research in it. It was probably a really heavy favorite that was on like a hot winning streak. And it was probably like a two buck favorite. I didn't even know what the payout was. It was just like a blind bet. Um, and I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say that because that was my first bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we always talked about, we, we always talk about our, on our podcast is that a lot of sports, especially baseball, I think is one of the sports that has a lot of streaks involved in it because we've seen at least throughout this season where there's been teams that have rattled off seven, eight, nine, ten 10 wins in a row. So it's a lot of times about just riding those streaks. And, uh, you know, I, I don't blame you if, if it was a team that was on a hot streak and that's how you got involved. As my one of my good friends says on the golf gambling podcast, you don't pay the juice unless you lose. So if it's a winner, the juice doesn't matter, right? That's what I say too. So that's right. <laughs> so I know you had mentioned earlier uh, when you were on with the NBA gambling podcast that you grew up in Vegas and we shared with our listeners on how uh, it became a career for you in the betting industry with Wager Talk and now with Yahoo Sportsbook um, to the point where you are now. We know football is the king of the land, at least here in the United States. For Malcolm, it is uh, football slash soccer, as we like to call it. And Vegas doesn't have that baseball team. Um, but has there been any games that you have attended at, in a baseball stadium, whether it was uh, pre-COVID or after COVID, after things kind of opened back up? Yeah, definitely pre-COVID. I've actually not been to a ton of baseball games, uh, okay. only to see the Giants and Cubs at Oracle Park, uh, saw the Angels and Rockies at Angel Stadium. I went to see the Padres and Rockies at uh, Petco Park once, uh, but I've toured a bunch of other stadiums, those stadiums as well as T-Mobile Park, National Stadium, and Fenway Park. Um, it's definitely a tradition to check out every stadium if I'm in that city. It is, we, I had made a friend's trip out to San Diego and our hotel was literally walking distance to uh, Petco Park, but obviously it wasn't in season, but if it was, I would have for sure went to that. It looks like one of the nicer stadiums. I am a Red Sox fan, so I've been to Fenway. Uh, Fenway is amazing. I'm not being biased, but I mean, if it's one of the older stadiums across our country, but if you haven't been to Fenway Park or done the tour, Highly, highly recommend and it's something to put on your bucket list for sure. Totally. It's, it is a beautiful park. It like when you go there, it just feels like classic and timeless. And like, even if you're not a Boston fan, I think you yeah. can still kind of appreciate everything there. And they have the section with the old seats, the yeah. wooden seats. Oh, I can't imagine sitting through a whole game there, but people uh, keep those season tickets generation from generation because yeah. it's a classic area to sit in. Yeah, I didn't get the opportunity to sit in those seats, but we were kind of down first baseline. But one year, I do want to go sit up on the monster seats because I think that's probably one of the best views in all, all of baseball. Um, Absolutely. Um, and it was the year that I went when David Ortiz was retiring, and it was against the Yankees. So I wanted to make sure to, to get in and see uh, the Boston legend, David Ortiz. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. So I, I know uh, – you have to be excited about NFL season and I'm sure it's getting crazy in Vegas with NFL right around the corner and things like that. But we, we, we talked to kind of slightly on the MLB game, NBA gambling podcast when you were on with Dan and I, that there were some rumors about the Oakland A's possibly moving from Oakland to Vegas and, and potentially a new baseball seed stadium being built there. Uh, what have you heard locally? Because you're there in Vegas. Are, are you, have you heard anything about a new stadium coming or the A's moving from Oakland to Vegas? So many things, yes. But um, I make sure they're reliable sources. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the president of the Oakland A's has visited Vegas four times now. And this last time he brought his team architect uh, to scope out where to build the $1 billion ballpark. Uh, a lot of sites that are looking at, one is on the Strip, which is a great location for tourists because you can walk from your hotel or take the bus. Um, but parking wise, not, not that great. And if they want to avoid the same mistake Allegiant Stadium made. I don't think they should put on the strip. Yeah. Um, another place is going to be Cashman Field, which is like north of downtown. It's not in a good area. So if you sure. feel like you don't want to, if you don't want to feel like you're in Oakland, then don't put it there, basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, that's where our old triple A team used to play. And not a lot of locals went cause it was just in like a bad area. Um, sorry, two more places. One yeah. is in Henderson, okay. which is South of Vegas. And it's right off the freeway. It's 15, 20 minutes away from the strip. And it's across the street from a luxury casino resort called the M. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, yeah. um, but there's a lot of land, lots of points of entry uh, and a lot of space. So I think that might be the best place to put it. And the last one, I'm a little biased because it's like 10 minutes down the street from me. It's where our triple A team currently plays. Okay. And, you know, they're the sister team of the Oakland A's. So yeah. you get a gorgeous view of the city, um, but it is far from a strip, maybe like half an hour away, but it's like a straight bus ride all the way down. Uh, so those are the four places that they're thinking of putting uh, the stadium. And I wouldn't be mad at any of them, honestly, if we get the team, then I, I would drive anywhere to go see them. Yeah. I think the best thing would probably to have it not on the strip because like you mentioned with Allegiant stadium and the things that I've kind of seen on social media, on Twitter about the parking situation and, and getting out and things like that. It's kind of been a headache. I know you had also talked about on the last podcast that you were with that it might be getting uh, a little headache as far as parking and, and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And like Vegas doesn't have a lot of public transportation, like a bunch of other major cities do. Like we yeah. have the bus, but other than that, I mean, they don't come, they come every like half hour, every hour. And like mo most buses come every 15 minutes or so. So it's, it's, it is a headache for uh, transportation wise. Now, Minty, I know you've been doing this for a long time now, um, or certainly a few years anyway. Um, something that me and Moon have to do on the show unashamedly is, um, it's kind of a beginner's guide for, for myself. Now, I know my baseball and I certainly know my betting, but there's definitely a cultural difference between how I would bet stuff and how you would bet stuff. I do the horse racing for the SGPN, and that's completely different. How I would handicap and pick a horse racing bet is completely different to how the, it would happen in the US. Um, so Moonaf has been piecing together uh, my baseball knowledge of, of first fives and money lines and team hits and things where I would look at a game and I'm trying to decide who's going to win the game. I'm looking at a money line bet. So I've just started adding little bits and bobs uh, into my process there. Uh, so give me more. I want more pieces of the jigsaw, Minty. Uh, how am I going to, how, how would you handicap a baseball game? I mean, do you have time to sit and do it? Do you, do you gut it out? If you've got spreadsheets, statistics, what are you looking at? How can you help me? Yeah. So I typically try to do my research the night before or the morning of, um, you know, cause there's sometimes pitching changes and stuff, but, uh, wow, there's so many ways you can go about this. At first I only just did money line bets. Then I started to get into first fives because relief pitching really just like screwed with me. Um, how I handicap a game, I will look at the whole board and see a matchup I like the most. Um, I typically like to pay attention to the NL West and the AL West just because I'm on the West Coast and those are the games that I that I typically watch. Um, so I, I'll look at a matchup I really like and then uh, before I even see the line or the total, I will make up my own odds and total just based on like the starting pitchers. Uh, after that, I go straight into pitching and how they typically fare well. Trends, home road splits, uh, ERA, FIP, WHIP opponent batting average, everything, all of that stuff. Um, I'll look at the team as a whole, not only see how they do against their opposing righty or lefty, but uh, it's important to see how they've done recently because their past seven days performance could be different than their last 15 days versus the last month. Um, a lot goes into a matchup. And then I'll determine maybe how high or low I think the total should be and how favored the favorite should be. And then compare it to the actual line. And you know, if it matches up, Maybe I'll bet it. If it's off, we'll see. Um, but that's usually how I do it, just so I don't get that bias of like, oh my God, the Giants are favored today. Maybe I should take the Giants. Like I, I want to create my own line first before uh, seeing what the books have to offer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased you said that about um, concentrating on uh, like a geographical or a time zone area because I get to see the East Coast teams a lot um, and I hardly ever get to see San... I saw San Francisco this weekend because they were in Houston. Um mm -hmm. But I haven't. You don't get to see them, so you, you need to you need to concentrate on on things that you can see because a lot of it is to do with the eye test. And actually, Moonaf, uh, Minty's backed up a lot of the things you've taught me. Where uh, I'm not saying I didn't believe you, Moonaf, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's nice to have. Uh, unless you've tipped her off uh, and you're trying to give me a give me a dodgy steer. Um, 
So with there's 13 or 15 games a day, I mean, how many bets can you can you fish out? Well, how, how long are you spending a game? Would you just have one or two? Or are you trying to back all 15? Oh my goodness. I used to bet like five or six a day, but then I've, I've dwindled down to like two to four maybe uh, just because it was getting a little much. And I, I wanted to uh, now kind of being more in the public, I want to show more uh, control, I guess, um, and only bet like two, three, maybe four games a day um, because you know what? I lose a lot and you know, it's, it's hard to win and profit off of baseball or any sport. Really. You really have to be responsible. You really have to do your research. You really have to know the game and, and what you're getting and the number um, because it is a grind. So yeah, I, I try to find two or three spots. And if I really don't love something, then I will stay away. And, and I used to feel very FOMO, a fear of missing out of like, oh crap, like maybe I should have bet on this game because I mean, I'm watching it now. I had the time, but, um, you know, I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's important to be responsible. So I only do a couple games a day. Yeah. I think that you pretty much hit the nail on the head as, as what I've been talking with Malcolm all throughout the season, on our podcast and, and I'm pretty sure that Malcolm didn't believe me. So I had to bring in the expert to kind of, to, to make it valid. Um, so I'm glad me and you are in lockstep and, and how we kind of process the handicapping with, with baseball. And we've talked about it at volumes on our podcast is that there are so many games in a day, like Malcolm said, there's about 13 to 15 a day. And it's a quick turnaround for a lot of these uh, sports books to put up blind. So there's, there's ways for you to find value doing your work before the night before, like you mentioned, looking at the splits, looking how a team has done recently versus how they've been doing all season. And then the MLB season, when each team plays 162 games in a season, you got, you got to kind of, you got to got to get stubborn and, and pick your spots and not try to bet six, seven games a night because your bank will, will shrink real, real fast if you don't put in the proper work. So and then another point I think that you made was, was absolutely fantastic is that, in any sport, whether it's basketball, baseball, NFL, NHL, um, even soccer uh, in, in Europe, is, is really concentrating on those two or three divisions that you can know the teams like the back of your hand. And if you think on a daily night that, you know, they have the value of betting on it or betting against them. So knowing those type of things, I think it's, it's, it's something that's really, really good for a handicapper to have as far as what they're kind of thinking their mentality. Yeah. And then especially for beginners too, like, it's so important. I remember when I was getting into college football, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I even pick and choose who to focus on and what to bet on and college basketball too. But you have to start with the teams, you know, or the teams you want to know, and, and then their division or their conference, and then you can expand from there. Um, so yeah, that's really important to focus on that. And then that's what I find works for me is, is focusing on those specific divisions too. Yeah. hundred percent. So I guess back to more betting talk. That's why we're we, we're here, and our, our our listeners are true degens. So we love talking about futures on our podcast between Malcolm and I, and some of the guests that we have, uh, where we like to find value spots where we can really profit. And I believe, like at least, I, I think the majority of the money that I make in my betting is on futures and finding that value. So Malcolm and I are holding future tickets on the Astros to win the AL West Division. When the Astros were at plus odds at very, very early in the season, um, I believe I locked it up at, I think it was like plus 130 or plus 135. And on some books, they're all the way up to minus 800. So do you have any regular season future bets, whether it's division, um, player awards, anything like that in your portfolio that you're sweating right now? So like you said, Manoff, I actually uh, do so well uh, with NFL futures and, and typically baseball futures too. But for some reason, I didn't really lock in that many futures for this baseball season. However, first of all, that's a great bet that you have for the Astros because I was like, nah, the A's are going to kick butt, but yeah. I mean, they're a little behind. Um, I know some people that just pulled the trigger on the Astros to win the world series at seven to one. I think now it's like plus four fifty, depending where you look and odds are quickly like dwindling down. Um, as you saw in my tweet last week, I recently bet on the San Francisco giants to win the world series at 15 to one. Uh, I know the number was probably way better early in the season, but like oh, yeah. who, who really knew? Um, I think 15 to one is still great. I also have a ticket on the Padres uh, plus 900 and uh, that was preseason and very small on the Mets at 12 to one. So those are the only features I'm holding. Um, I didn't want to do the whole Dodgers and Yankees thing because yeah. like, what's well, boring. Like I wanted, I wanted to see someone else and it, it may be a little biased that I didn't want to see the Dodgers or the Rays uh, get to the world series again, but um, those are the features I have. 
But I think quickly uh, before Malcolm, you have your points is that the, the Giants we've been talking about at, at large all season, uh, all season long, right, Malcolm, with their how well their pitching has been doing, and it just seems like the books haven't really adjusted to their price. I mean, yeah, I think preseason for the division they may have been around forty to one, forty five to one, but I think there's more recently when they had a lead, it was about four to five games. They were still giving price at six to one five to one, four to win to win that division. So I locked it up. I didn't get a great price like you did, but I, I mean, I still feel like they're, they're kind of hindsight now with the trade deadline. We'll get to that in a second, but I mean, this pitching has been stellar and it's, it's, it's a lot of guys that don't have that big name to them. Like the Kershaw's and the Scherzer's they have the Kevin Gossman's and the Alex Woods of the world has been pitching with a chip on their shoulder with something to prove. And those are the type of the teams that we really want to back. So I do have Giants and I do have the Astros. Quickly before Malcolm gets to his, I want to ask you, have you ran into Mattress Mac who has been betting on the Astros to win the World Series? No, I have not. Um, Yeah, I have not. I have spoken to him before and I'm going to tell you a story, but off air. Uh, It's a pretty interesting story, but yeah, I'll I'll tell you off air an interesting story about him, but that's all I can say. (laughs) Excellent. We like a bit of gossip, Minty. Um, (laughs) There's a couple of things about the Giants that um, I've seen them this weekend more than probably I've done the rest of the season and they do look legit. However, um, you just got the feeling that the Dodgers would maybe buy their way past them, which is exactly what they've gone and done uh, last week. It was a frantic trade deadline, uh, Minty. Um, Who were the winners for you? Obviously, the Dodgers spending all that money. That was a real blockbuster. That might give you a little worry about your uh, Giants bet. You know, no, the Giants are Dodgers players, so I'm not too worried. But I I know that everyone expects the Giants to maybe – go on a decline and then the Dodgers to kind of pick up where they left off. But I I think that uh, the best trade moves would have to go to the Atlanta Braves because everyone ruled them out after Acuna and Ozuna and Soroka were out. They had no outfielders essentially. And now they have four. Um, They have lots of bats now. I mean, they want to beat the Mets. They're only a couple wins behind the Mets. So not going to lie, the Mets look good. And I I have my futures on the Mets, but I think the Braves uh, are definitely the most improved out of everyone in the trade deadline now that I think of it. From where they were to where they are now, yeah. Uh, Just a couple of last bits for me then, Minty. Uh, First of all, you said you you follow the Angels quite closely. So um, Shohei Otari is just something absolutely special. I don't think I get to appreciate because I haven't got the 30-year background uh, in the sport. So I think as much as I know that he's a wonderful talent, I still don't think I'm appreciating quite how good he is. Uh, Can you try and put it into words? Yeah, you know what? I don't think anyone can super appreciate how good he is because he's on a team like the LA Angels. I think if he were on a bigger team, a better team, uh, then he would be more popular. But all I see on my feed is Shohei news because all I like is Shohei news. So that's the what they suggest to me. (laughs) Um, But I mean, what a pure guy, what a phenomenal guy on the field. Um, I love his nickname, two-way Shohei. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I mean, what can you say about him? He has what, he's the home run leader right now. He has the second most RBIs. There's nothing this kid can't do. He's breaking records like all the time. I I think he's exceeded exceeded expectations this season. Um, And I think the Angels have too, partly because of him. So, uh, I mean, we're seeing history being made. He's super international as well. I'm pretty sure if like every home in Japan doesn't have a picture of Shohei Otani in their house, like a shrine, then then he needs to do better. But I'm pretty sure everyone does. <laughs> I know Japanese TV just have a dedicated Shohei cam on permanently. So whether he's sitting in the really? dugout or just, yeah, yeah. You, the, the game is, is peripheral. They'll have a little box with the game on in the top corner and they uh, f- 80% of the screen is dedicated to sitting watching show here, looking at the clouds or whatever he's doing uh, as time goes by. Um, we're about to make our picks for the night, uh, myself and Moonaf. Uh, so I'm going to press you for a couple, Minty. Um, a World Series prediction. And then have you got a uh, maybe a little bet for the early slate this week, the Monday to Wednesday games? Is there anything, have you got into those yet? Anything you could, uh, you could steer us towards? Yes. Okay, so World Series prediction... I'm on the Giants. I think it's going to be the Astros and Giants. Uh, I also 
Yeah, I, I think that's my pick, the Giants. <laughs> um, and then any picks for the early week's game? Um, I looked through the slate Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I think I liked Wednesdays the best if these starters do end up starting and no scratches are. Uh, and I'm going to give you a parlay, okay? Ooh. It's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be the, it's a little, it's like a little lame because they're all favorites. Okay. It's going to be. The Yankees with Jameson Tyon on the mound over the O's because hello, I think Matt Harvey is pitching, you know, to fade him. Um, we've got the Blue Jays with Ryu on the mound over the Indians. And then I'm going to do the over, I'm thinking it's eight and a half or nine uh, in the Giants Diamondbacks game. We got Gaussman on the mound and Zach Gallen, who I actually really like. So Yankees, Blue Jays, and then the over in the Giants D-backs game. If it's like eight and a half or nine or lower. I very nearly picked Zach Gallen as my luck. Um, but I've kind of fallen in love with the Diamondbacks over the last three weeks and I don't know why. Um, so I did, I, I was conscious of picking them uh, every week. So I've left them alone this week, but I'm pleased uh, we managed to get that game in because that's something that did catch my eye this week. Good. Yes. I mean, everyone loves the underdogs. The Diamondbacks are a big dog all the time now. Did you want me to wait till you tweet that out to see which one bursts the bubble for you or? or yeah, or... just tweet it out on Wednesday. And then... Okay. <laughs> You know, I was so, uh, when I tweeted that parlay the other day, yeah. uh, and of course there was an under on there, I was so confident that none of them were going to ruin it for me. And I wanted to retweet it and be like, psych, that was a trick question. None of them ruined it for me, but two of them lost. So I'd rather lose two out of three legs of my parlay than just the one out of three. You know, it's less painful. It's always the last leg of your parlay that, that always loses, no matter how big your parlay is. It, it, it's always that last leg that you kind of have to sweat. Uh, so kind of, kind of wrap it up. I guess we, I kind of want to shift back to um, talking about Vegas. I'm kind of, you know me, I, I, I mentioned this on the NBA gambling podcast. I'm out there, you know, two to three times a year. So I guess more be a more local perspective. I know we have a, a foodie channel in our Slack channel with SGPN where the guys are posting pictures of, whether they're eating out or cooking stuff at home and it's, it's, it's a hoot. Um, but I tweeted out when I was coming out in April to um, Patrick uh, that was with covers and, and to ask him about some breakfast spots and Chris Andrews over at South point told me to go and have the French toast at pegs glorified ham and eggs. But now that you're in Vegas, or you've been there pretty much all your life, you have any local places for guys that are coming out there to try, whether it's on the strip or off the strip? Yes, tons. Um, just a few. Pegs, ham and eggs is so good. So the menu so diverse, very yeah. homely food um, and friendly to all sorts of diets, I think, and big portions. So that's a yeah. good place. Um, if you're looking for pizza, I would suggest Pizza Rock uh, in downtown Las Vegas. Or there's also one in Henderson at uh, Green Valley Ranch, which yeah. is a luxury casino resort. Um, looking for Japanese. Sen of Japan is supposed to be one of the best Japanese restaurants. And it's located like on the west side in like, a suburban area of Vegas, but the owner used to be the head chef at Nobu. So, you know, it's good. Mm, okay. um, definitely worth a try. If we're looking for steak or brunch, Echo and Rig is a really good place. Also located in Summerlin, which is the west side of Vegas. Um, they have a butcher shop right downstairs. So, you know, the meat is fresh and, and really good. Um, that's also like a really popular brunch spot. I don't know why, but it's great drinks, a great atmosphere and great location. And then last one, right across from Echo and Rig is a place called El Dorado Cantina, which is good for Mexican food. El Dorado Cantina. Um, the original location is actually right off the strip in like the industrial area. It's connected to a strip club. So I would actually recommend that location over the one near me. Um, the food is great. Service is great. And the happy hour is awesome, too. Well, there you go. I mean, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of guys. I know Vegas is opening back up and I know the mask mandate kind of came back because we're dealing with a whole new variant, but eventually things are going to open back up and there's some food places from Minty. That's right in the heart of Las Vegas. Uh, last thing I had for you um, was being in Vegas as a, as a, you know, working with Yahoo Sportsbook and being a handicapper and, and how do you kind of, I guess, you know, there's a lot of people that say that they like to put in their bets on the apps 
And then there's uh, people that are traditional, like to go into the sports book and put in their bets. Um, so, and then the last part of it is, you know, you have, you have a lot of tourists that come into Vegas, obviously. So uh, part one, how do you do your betting? Is it on the apps or do you like going into the casino with the sports book, getting that ticket with the cash? And then do you avoid going to the strip because there's so many tourists coming around? So uh, those were my two, two questions for you. Yeah, I only bet on the app. I am so glad. For some reason, it took Vegas a really long time to uh, do mobile deposits mm -hmm. and withdrawals. So we just have that now because of COVID. Uh, so I only do things on the app. I never like to go into the sports books because I don't like that smoky smell. And I don't yeah. like like people going up to me and like asking me if I'm like lost or if like, uh, if, <laughs> like for my ID, because I look super young sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't really like to go to the sports book and I rarely ever go down to the strip. If I do, it's probably because of work and I have to be at an MGM property or something okay. um, to promote something, but that's about it. I don't go to the strip unless I, there's guests in town, you know, just like people in LA don't really go to like, I don't know the Hollywood sign unless yeah. they're, there's family in town or yeah, something. Yeah. So I definitely stay home a lot because I just got a new house and I want to enjoy it and I don't want to go out anymore. <laughs> there you go. Malcolm, anything for Minty as we kind of close it up here? Questions, thoughts? Yeah. Just one thing really. I know um, it is frustrating. The ID thing, Minty, that happens to me all the time as well. Um, I think um, that was a joke, by the way. I'm clearly looking about <laughs> 65. Um, yeah. I think uh, you need to, an English Premier League team, Minty. And because you seem to be having such a good time in Vegas, um, I'm going to give you my team, which is a team that without hope, uh, without without anything, we're absolutely useless. And this, if you start following this team, we, we'll ground you. So if you think you're ever having uh, a lovely time in the sun in Las Vegas, living the dream, uh, if you start following Newcastle United, <laughs> then at least once a week, uh, you will be as miserable as me. And that'll just set you up for the week to come. So uh, we need all the help we can get, Minty. Um, nice black and white stripes as well. We've got the best looking team. Uh, we'd be just terrible at the sport. So, I mean, you can't have everything, can you? So there's a team for you, Minty. But no, um, I appreciate you joining us. It's been great. And uh, like I say, I'm, I'm slowly piecing together my uh, baseball betting knowledge. Uh, oh. This time next year, we'll be millionaires. I can't see what could go wrong. I think absolutely. And, and real quick, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the show Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I have, yeah. Uh, I haven't caught have? season two yet, but I, I watched season one when it came out. Oh God, it's so good. Uh, Malcolm, I don't know if you have or not. Yes, no. I haven't, but I've seen people typing things in the Slack channel about it. So finish your sentence and then I'll tell you what I think. So, yeah. So basically it's about like an American college football coach who got hired to run this like uh, English uh, football club, as you'd say, and they suck and he doesn't know anything about soccer. And uh you know, the owner did it as a joke to get back at her husband who like owned the club and they divorced and whatever, but it's actually really hilarious. And I, I might start getting into soccer just because of that show, because it just has so much heart and just so much, I don't know. It's just really funny. And it's just a, such a lighthearted show. I, I don't know why, when you said that, it kind of reminded me of AFC Richmond, which is the team on the show. <laughs> uh, okay. There's a, there's a lot of the, a lot of the people in the Slack channel kind of play, um, like bingo with things that I say, some of my phrases, some of my English phrases that they don't understand. Um, and Ted Lasso has cropped up as, as a football thing. Um, but if you fade, fade Newcastle every week, Minty, is a starting point. That's what I'll give you back. You've given me some advice. Fade Newcastle every week. No Got problem. It. All right. I wrote it Got down. It. Thank you. <laughs> I guess I can't con uh, convince her to come to the Liverpool side then, Malcolm, should I? No, no don't right. do that. <laughs> futile. <Well> futile, that is. <laughs> We'll talk about that offline, but Minty, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, again, amazing show. Thank you for coming on. A pleasure having you on the MLB Gambling Podcast. Always welcome back to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm sure I'll be reaching out to you again as we get closer to the World Series, but uh, looking forward to working with you in the future. Um, and again, you know, we were on with the NBA Gambling Podcast, now with the MLB, and I know N NBA is kind of on their off season, but, um, you know, looking forward to opportunities with you in the future. I know this is the second time with you on our show with me, at least. And I can, I can now officially say that you're a friend, a friend of the program. Woohoo. Thank you. Yes. And, uh, I, I hope to come back before the Astros giants world series, right? 
for sure. I'm going to get you back on for sure. If the, especially yeah. if the Astros, I know I'm in Houston, but if the Astros are there and, and the Giants are there or one of these NL West teams, we'll get you back on for sure. But before you take off, uh, let our listeners know where they can find you and anything you're working on currently and then getting ready for the football season. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at MintyBets. Also, follow the Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter and TikTok, please, at Yahoo Sportsbook. That's all one word. Uh, football season is right around the corner. We do a ton of giveaways, ton of contests. Last year, we gave out trips to Vegas. Like, all you had to do was follow the uh, Twitter and then answer, like, five teams against the spread correctly that week. And that's literally all you have to do. You don't have to sign up for anything. Uh, so yeah, tons of fun sports betting content and contests to come your way at Yahoo Sportsbook. Thank you so much. And I uh, will be connecting with you once uh, we get closer to that NL West team where the Astros getting into the world series. Yes. Thanks guys. Ready to win money and boost your odds. Win bet is now live and, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays, to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app. You're now in the best place for parlays, exclusive rewards at your fingertips, Boost your odds. Let WinBet set the odds in your favor. It, win now with WinBet. It is your premier sports betting experience. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80 to 1 bet before the season, then sell for a big profit after only a couple of weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Make sure to head to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. Sign up now for a free shot at 1 million bucks. Download the app, sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, Munaf, uh, picks time. So we've done okay this week. Uh, we need to back it up now, Munaf. We need to go. Uh, we need to keep pressing. We need to keep the momentum going. Uh, I can't remember what order we led off. I think I made you lead off this time. Um, so we'll crack on again. Um, Munaf, what did you fetch out for us for the early slate this week? Oh. Yeah, let's see if we can keep the momentum going this week. Um, I will start it. You want me to start it off, right? Let's yeah, go I for just it. Lost our show notes. Okay, here we go. All right. So I'm going to start it off with tomorrow night, uh, Monday. I'm going to go with the Rays money line versus the Mariners. Chris Flexen versus Michael Walker. Um, Rays play the Sunday night game against the Red Sox, but they're at home. So they won't be in a travel situation. Um, so they could sleep in their beds. So don't have to worry about the travel aspect of, of, of the game. Uh, Mariners, meanwhile, they are playing an afternoon game versus the Rangers and then traveling to uh, St. Petersburg in Florida to face the Rays. Uh, Michael Walker on the mound for the Rays. Uh, he has rebounded nicely for the Rays. The Rays have won three out of his last four starts. It should have been four in a row, but the Rays offense didn't show up in that game. Only scored one run, which was against the Yankees. Um, he had one bad start against the Mariners earlier, but this Rays offense has picked up some some prime players here in the trade deadline with uh, with Nelson Cruz leading the way for them. But I, I think they can get to Chris Flex in here 
flexing on the road this season. He is three and one, but his ERA is 5.92. Uh, the Mariners have lost two straight starts by flexing. So uh, I'm going to back the Rays here, our very hot team. Uh, they've already taken two out of three from the Red Sox uh, this weekend. They are in the Sunday night game. Uh, against the Red Sox. So if they're probably looking for the sweeper, if not, hopefully my Red Sox can squeak at least one by them. So my lock will be Monday night, raise money line versus the Mariners, Chris Flexen versus Michael Waka. And then my dog, um, this is going to be the team that you talked about backing or at least looking at to get some wins in the second half of the season. And that's going to be Tuesday, Diamondbacks money line versus the Giants. It's Madison Bumgarner going up against his former team, uh, opposing Johnny Cueto for the Giants. Bumgarner, like I said, going up against former team, has pretty good numbers over his last three starts. That's all been in the month of July. He's pitched 18 innings, allowed only four runs in those 18 innings, posted an ERA of exactly two. Uh, Diamondbacks aren't just laying down. I mean, you, you would have thought that this was a team that would have traded away all their good players and, and just not given enough. But they're fighting. They, they, they fought against the Dodgers this past weekend. Um, and then on the mound for the Giants is Johnny Cueto. Like I said, he's not having a great season, especially on the road. He is one and two with a 5.09 record. Um, and then against the Diamondbacks in two starts this season, he has pitched 10 innings, allowed 15 hits and nine earned runs to the Diamondbacks. So just to recap, my lock Monday, raise money line versus the Mariners, Chris Flexen versus Michael Walker. And then my dog will be Tuesday. Diamondbacks money line versus the Giants, Madison Bumgarner versus Johnny Cueto. Yeah, you've picked from a couple of series, Moon, after both caught my eye this week. Um, the Rays are hot, like you say, and I like uh, they've been finding good ways to win. And I can't go a night without my eyes being drawn to the uh, the D-backs. I very nearly took them uh, as my dog on Wednesday, okay. uh, Zach Gallen against Kevin Gosman, because Gosman just, um, from memory, seems to be just losing. He's lost maybe two or three in a row mm-hmm. now. Um, but I have watched, I've seen more of the Giants this weekend. Uh, they've played some earlier games. Uh, they've, they've been at Houston, haven't they, this weekend? Yeah. So they've, um, they've been. Uh, played some games uh, which have been easier for me to watch. Uh, and yeah, they're still getting it done, the Giants. They're absolutely not a fraudulent team. So uh, I eventually uh, dragged myself away from the Diamondbacks long enough uh, to pick. Um, for my luck is, I think they're both on Tuesday night, uh, Max Freed uh, of the Braves against John Lester, now of the Cards, um, on the money line. Uh, Max Freed's been frustrating me. Um, he's seven and seven with a four point three two ERA, um, and his WHIP is one point three four, which is far too high. Uh, I think he's better than this. Uh, he started the start. He had three three starts ago, which I think was against Miami, uh, which was an outstanding start. I think that's the real Freed. Uh, I think the Braves are, are going along okay. Oh, sorry, it was Tampa, not not Miami. The last time he had he had four hits. Uh, no earned runs on those four hits against Tampa three starts ago. Now, I think that's a genuine freed. Um, and I also think we can fade John Lester as well. Uh, it's his first start for the Cards since he was traded from the Nats, which for me is an instant negative. Kind of the same thing as, uh, as when I faded Carrasco last week a little bit. Uh, he's three and five with a 5.02 ERA. Uh, his whip's absolutely through the roof at 1.59. Um, it, he he had the good start against Miami uh, recently, but that's very much the exception. Everything else has been regressing uh, for John Lester, uh, and I'm also I'm going to claim uh, I'm going to put up Freddie Freeman uh, in this game as four for four with a home run. Uh, so Max Freed for the Braves. Uh, Freddie Freeman gives them some run support, and they will beat John Lester in the cards uh, on Tuesday. And my dog, uh, and this is a name you've mentioned fairly recently, Moonaf. Uh, we think it's going to be a dog. I checked with you beforehand, um, which is Tuesday night, Willie Peralta, if the Tigers taking on Garrett Richards of the Red Sox. Now, Peralta's 3-2 and two with a 3.64 ERA. But he's had two bad starts. I think one of them might have been that first one you took, actually. Uh, he gave up five runs and then six runs versus... Kansas City and Minnesota. Uh, but he'd only given up one run in five starts before that. So I'm hoping he can bounce back uh, to that form. Behind a fairly feisty, uh, fairly feisty Tigers offense have been going okay. Um, and they will get a chance because Garrett Richards gives you a chance. Um, 
He is six and six with a five point one five ERA. He gives up five runs every start, so yeah, you've got a chance. Uh, he won three in a row, um, which culminated on May the nineteenth, and hasn't won since. Um, I think you you said to me that the uh, the books are unlikely to make the Tigers a favourite over the Red Sox, so I think we'll get some good value here on Willie Peralta. Uh, so they're my two picks, uh, Max Fried over John Lester and the Cards on Tuesday, uh, and then Willie Peralta and the Tigers over Garrett Richards and the Red Sox on the same night, Munaf. Yeah, I think that, that the Red Sox and Tiger ones can be a little tricky because you have one of the best pitchers uh, for the uh, Tigers on the mound. But it, it, I think we talked about this uh, a couple uh, podcasts ago where uh, I think you were backing one of the opponents that the Padres were facing and you were taking them as a dog against them. And it might be a, where it's like a team recognition thing that because it's the San Diego Padres or the the Dodgers, uh, in this case, it's the Boston Red Sox. So I don't think that, you know, Willie Peralta would be a favorite over the Red Sox, right? Because then your public money will be coming out on the Red Sox as a dog. So um, I, I think he will be a slight underdog, possibly you're looking at maybe a plus one or five, even money plus one ten in that arena, but I, I firmly believe it'll he'll be a dog for sure. So something to uh, we, we're going to monitor when the once the lines drop for that Tuesday game. Excellent. Uh, we're going to have some picks of uh, Scott Reichel this week. Uh, Scott has dug these out for us. Hey guys, Scott Reichel here with your lock and dog for the upcoming week. Pretty good weekend. Ended up going one and one, made a little bit of profit. We're going to be looking for another profitable week. And starting off with the lock on Tuesday, I like the A's on the money line against the Padres. Sean Manaya is pitching for Oakland. Last two starts, 13 innings, one run. Manaya also pitched against the Padres on July 28th, six innings, no runs. Meanwhile, Blake Snell's pitching for San Diego, and we all know how bad he's been so far this season. But the last month has gotten even worse. Last month, 18 innings pitched, 12 earned runs, which is equivalent to a six ERA flat. Snell also pitched against Oakland on July 28th, four innings pitched, seven runs. I think Oakland rolls there in the Coliseum. And looking at the dog, it's going to be a Tuesday matchup between the Cardinals and the Braves. And I like the Cardinals on the money line. You have Max Fried pitching for Atlanta, 5.85 ERA on the road. Fried's last month, not very good, 29 innings pitched, 15 runs, which is equal to a 4.66 ERA. You have John Lester on the mound for St. Louis in his franchise debut. 3.38 ERA against Atlanta so far this season. And the Braves are 25 and 27 on the road, while the Cardinals are 30 and 21 at home. Other than that, though, let it ride. There you go. There's Scott's picks. Uh, so hopefully we're going to go six for six this week. Um, been a been a decent a decent couple of weeks for the podcast getting getting on track. Uh, we're going to start powering through towards the end of the season. Uh, Moonaf, I believe that's brought us to the end of the show, and it's been a fun show, uh, fun guest, and uh, lots of good picks. Yeah, uh, this was uh, I guess a, a exciting in a in a bang of a way for us to kick off the month of August. I know people are getting ready for football season, but. You and I are still going to be here grinding out the MLB season and, and you know, there's money to be made here for sure. And uh, a lot of fun with Minty on the show. Uh, I know we had her on for the first show with on the NBA gambling podcast with myself and Dan. So it's always a pleasure to talk with Minty and getting to pick her brain, especially her being out in Las Vegas. So um, hopefully, you know, we'll have her back on maybe towards the end of the season for the World Series or something like that. But um, yeah, it was a pleasure. Um like you mentioned, make sure to subscribe to all the channels on uh, SGPN. Uh, a lot of great stuff dropping in the month of August. We're getting ready for ba- sorry for football season. Um, and if you haven't left us a review on the MLB Gambling Podcast, please, please, please do so. Uh, it's going to help us out a lot, um, you know, just growing the show and things like that. So um, please make sure to leave us a review if you haven't yet. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> thanks to Minty. Thank you, Moonaf. Uh, we'll be back later in the week. Have a good week, everybody. I hope your picks are lucky uh, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.